Good morning. Welcome everyone to Hebron Baptist Church. Uh, a little forewarning here in a couple of songs, we're going to be doing our March to the Manger. Uh, this is in celebration of, of Lottie Moon, so I want to give you some time to prepare on how much you want to, you may want to donate to that. Uh, this is money that goes straight into the mission field without having any of it sent elsewhere. So straight into the mission field. Um, this morning, my wife and I sat down and we had our chat about Lottie Moon. I asked her, I said, I said, honey, so, so what do you think about Lottie Moon this year? And she looks back at me and she goes, without missing a beat, she goes, she goes, oh, I think she's good. She does good work. And uh, like, no, no, that's <laughs> so. Uh, but we sat down and, and uh, considered in, in our mind what we may want to give. So um, here in a couple songs, we'll have the March of the Manger. I'll be thinking about that. Um, I want to begin this morning with our Advent reading. So Jesus said to me, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. And we light this candle as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Now, if you would, read with me from Isaiah 42, 16. Read along with me. I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on paths they have not known. I will turn darkness to light in front of them and rough places into level ground. This is what I will do for them, and I will not abandon them. Come, Lord Jesus, our light and salvation. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? And let's worship together. Here we go, angels from the rounds. Angels from the realms of glory, bring your fires are all in the air. You sang creation story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship. Worship Christ the newborn King. Shepherds in the field abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with man is now residing, yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. God is with us, 
again, welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. Today is the day that we highlight our giving towards international missions. We hope that you've had a chance, if you got the book that we gave away a few weeks ago, uh, to learn more about Lottie Moon, or if you've had a chance to pray for our missionaries this week. Today we want to do our March to the Manger, which is for international missions. So at this time, if you want to come and bring your Lottie Moon gift to the manger, you may do so. Uh, after I think they get settled here uh, in the music, uh, they'll start singing. So don't you don't have to stop when they're singing. You can keep coming down. So at this time, we will receive the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So let's come and partake.
we exist here at Hebron Baptist Church to help you take your next step with Christ. For some of you, that may mean your first step where you're turning from sin and following him with your life. For some of you, it may be a next step where you're becoming more obedient in discipleship and, and engaged with those around you to learn to love him more. Um, and for some of you, it may be your next step in going into the mission field, either locally or, or abroad. Um, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to, to hear more and more news of our upcoming mission trips where uh, we've got several folks signing up and interested in going to, to multiple places around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, for that faithfulness. If you have questions about how you might want to take your next step, there's a couple ways to do that. One is right out this door, uh, wait to the conclusion of the sermon, don't leave now. Right out that door to the left, we've got a next steps desk, and you can speak to someone there and ask them how you might be able to get more engaged, uh, how you might be able to serve, and we've got lots of opportunity there. Um, or there's QR codes on the back of the pew. Um, there's a couple of QR codes there, so as you're snapping through them, one is for giving, one is for for how you might get plugged in more and more. If you accidentally click, click on the giving first, that's fine. Go ahead and give some, and then you can click on the next one and find out ways to serve. Um, that's a message from your finance team. <laughs> now, I'd like to take a time and, and, and just pray for, for our church, pray for our missionaries, pray for uh, our work in intentional discipleship, um, and, uh, and also for some of the tornado victims in the Middle Tennessee area today. So if you would, uh, bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you and, and praise you for the opportunity to follow you. We thank you for the, the, the many here in, in attendance, that, and I personally thank you for the many that, that, that I look at around me that give me good examples that, that, that I can model my life after. Uh, Lord, I pray as we uh, dig deeper into being intentional disciple makers uh, that, that you would that you would do a few things. One, that, that you would put it in the hearts of those that are not being discipled, that they need to be discipled, and uh, put it in their hearts to seek others around them that may disciple them well. Uh, for, for those that may not realize that they have a, a role of discipling others, that you would put it in their hearts, and, and, and through all of that, Lord, that you would equip us all with your spirit to call to mind the things that you have taught us, the things that to put to work in our lives. Uh, Lord, I want to lift up today our, our friends and, and missionaries, Chris and Rhonda Richards, and their work that they're doing in Argentina. Uh, we, we thank you for your faithfulness in their lives, the, the conversations that they're having. Uh, we thank you for uh, Chris and his completion of his most recent seminary class. Uh, we, he's got a, a couple of more, and, uh, and I pray that you would see him through that swiftly along the way. Um, we thank you for um, the, the baptism and salvation of, of Hannah, Lord, and we, we lift her up in, in prayer that, that she would be discipled well, and uh, we pray for, for Kinley on, on her journey as well, that you would bring her to you clo uh, close and quick. Uh, Lord, we, we lift up the folks in, in Middle Tennessee that, that um, have, have been uh, hit by the, the tornadoes, the storm, Lord, that you would uh, be a comfort peacemaker to them, Lord, during this, this season and weather, that, that uh, this would be a time where you show them your glory and that they would uh, come to know you uh, more and more. Uh, this, this would be a, a time when your church can mobilize and, and love on them well, uh, Lord. And, and I, I pray and ask your forgiveness for the times where, where I've neglected to reach 
scripture reading for today comes from Luke 2. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 12. save us from our sins. Would you stand to your feet? Let's stand together and sing and worship our Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, we can hear 
Yeah. 
the Messiah. Oh, to see him, to see him high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Oh, unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. Oh, unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. The Messiah, oh, to see him, to see him high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. You are high and lifted up, shining the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 A child is born. Holy, holy, holy. For unto us a child is born. Holy, holy, holy. For unto us a child is born. Holy, holy, holy. For unto us a child is born. devices to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. I just realized I didn't have the page number for the Pew Bible in front of you. Just use our acronym that we've, we've used before, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you're somewhere around in there, you can find where Philippians is. Chapter 2, big number in verse 5. What'd you say? 1040. All right, 10-4, buddy, thank you. 
Today we are continuing our series on uh, the playlist of Christmas. Uh, we are taking the songs of the New Testament. Last week we took one of the poems of the New Testament in John 1, and now we're looking at one of the Christ hymns, believed by many to be one of the hymns of the early church, that God inspired and saw that Paul would include in his word, meaning that it was a hymn sanctioned by the Lord himself. And today we are going to be considering uh, our carol that we sing ourselves, What Child Is This? So let's read uh, verse 5 to verse 11. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now bowing our knee and our heart and our mind to your word, knowing that you are the word became flesh, you are the word of life, your word gives us life, therefore we bow to it as authority over our lives, and we pray that its work within our hearts and our minds lifts us to worship you and proclaim you as Lord. So, Lord, as we consider this area of our life a way that we show our, the Lordship of Christ, we pray you will change us, make us new, make us more like Jesus. We ask this in his wonderful name. Amen. I guess we think about what child is this. We consider that there might be a lot of Christmas songs that you might think that is a question. Mary, did you know, is one that is sung by everyone. But let me just, spoiler alert, yes, Mary did know. Read Luke chapter 1. But this hymn, What Child Is This? is We think, well, really, is this really asking a question? Is something that we need to know? Well, it really, it's not really a question. It's a more of a rhetorical question. It's a making a point. It's saying, as you look at Jesus, what child is this? Something that is in wonderment and too amazing to be true. Just as the disciples, as they found, as they were on the boat where the windstorm came up and the, the waves and the wind were going to break the boat in two, and Jesus came, and with a word, everything went still. And they replied, who is this that the wind and the seas obey them, obey him? Well, this was, yes, a question, but it was a statement. Knowing that scriptures himself, that only God himself 
can still the sea. They were plainly revealing something that almost was too good to be true when they said, who then is this? He must be God. In a similar vein this Christmas, at Christmas, we ask the question or proclaim, what child is this that we know that has been plainly revealed too good to be true that God himself has come to dwell among us straightforward with courage we can say as we learned last week in John that Jesus the word who was with God who is God came and took human form the fully God fully man inhabited Jesus that, that we can say he came to live for us that we can proclaim what child is this something amazing you know you think about that song there's something even more amazing as we think of it second stanza says why does this newborn why he li lies in such a mean estate where ox and ass are feeding where Jesus was born, not where he should be in palaces or, or in great places, but in a manger. William Chatterton Dix, who wrote this song, was initially started from a poem that he wrote called The Manger Throne. He rightfully understood that the God of the universe came out of heaven and made his throne a manger. Friends, when we think of this, we think of the great humility and sacrifice and obedience that it took for God to come to be with us. You see, the point of this text, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, we see that Jesus is exalted because he humiliated himself to take on flesh and to die obediently on the cross. And for us, Jesus' example is the example at Christmas that we can and should be humble like him. That when we proclaim what child is this, that we are driven to see him and be humble like him. And so in this text, as we learn more about Jesus, we see three ways that Jesus is an example for us. Number one, if you're taking notes on the bulletin or in your phone, number one, Jesus is the example of humility. Verse five, adopt this same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had become as a man, humbled himself. And we'll stop right there. You see, as we understand, there is a clear message of this text that God himself humiliated and humbled himself by coming you know if you were to watch or to keep up with the British royals 
You know, it's just not the same with King Charles. There's not a lot of dirt and stuff thing that we can keep up with. But you know, as protocol goes, there is clear directive of where the king should sit. The king is at the proper place, at the center, at the place where they can sing, you know, God bless the king, right? God hail the king. The king is not sitting at the kitty table. It would be beneath him. Or, or in our American top context, that the president is having a function at the White House. They are, he is sitting at the prime location. He is not sitting with the servers in the back. But this is God coming for us. The place that he deserves to be is beyond space and time, beyond our comprehension. The God of creation who with his fingers hung the stars in space, the ones who with his hands formed the mountains, the one who, who was out of our comprehension came to dwell in space with us. We see that as Paul write, writes, though he existed as the form of God. This is saying Jesus clearly was from eternity past, fully and truly divine. Before time began, he possessed and will continue to possess all the divine perfections that belong to God alone. But this Jesus came and robed himself in the flesh. You see, the attitude he had as he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. This was Jesus choosing to not clutch his godness or to depend on his rights as God. Jesus never at one point said, I, this is beneath me. Jesus chose to come and live the way he did. He went further by emptying himself now, this is not to be confused. He did not empty himself as deity, as some false teachers might say. Instead, in the hypostatic union that we will never be able to comprehend, he emptied his, his rights as God to dwell in human form that he might experience humanity as God so that we, he might live for us. As he was experiencing the hardships and the pains and the tortures, Jesus never called on his deity to escape it. He never found a way out. He chose it. When he was starving, he didn't turn the rocks into manna, or as we call it here in America, Krispy Kreme donuts. He did not turn the dirt or the rock that he went to sleep at night he didn't turn it into a my pillow. Jesus, fully God, did not depend on his godness to keep from experiencing the pain that we experience. God stepped out of heaven and humbled himself to live and experience what we do. Jesus came to be like us so that we could become like him. This step of humility shows that Jesus was willing to place himself low for the good of others. Friends, this is a 
example for us to follow. As Christians in a world where people are always fighting or always disagreeing online and person and principle, people are always disagreeing, but as Christians, we've come to humble ourselves for the good of others. And Paul, as he writes this, and the command at the beginning, adopt the same attitude as Jesus. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, the great London pastor, observed, now in order to create lowliness of mind, Paul, under the teaching of the Spirit of God, spoke about the lowliness of Christ. He would have us become low, and so he takes us to see our master becoming low. He leads us to those steep stairs down which the Lord of glory took his lowly way, and Paul bids us to stop while he points us to the lowly Christ. Brother and sister, as we in worship gaze at a God who came to be with us, may we also see him and be challenged to be like him. Friends, are you domineering at home with your kids? Are you domineering with your spouse or your friends? What about at work? Do you allow others shine at your expense? Do you lower yourself to serve those around you? Well, let me ask you this. You might say, well, yeah, Pastor, I've, I've served a lot of hours this Christmas. My, my work did this and we did this. Well, let me ask you, how often do you serve when it's only convenient? Jesus humiliated himself, costing himself greatly. In humility, he showed us the way to live. Maybe this Christmas you have a relationship that you'll be around that is difficult. And you know before you even enter the room it's going to be hard. Maybe instead of going with your guard up, maybe you come low and serve to change hearts. Friends, when we see the humble Christ who came who stepped out of time and space, who came to live among us to experience life in a way that is humiliating to him. Let us follow Christ in humility this Christmas. Secondly, Jesus is the example of obedience. Verse 7 through 8 helps us to see that when he became a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross. This is the very purpose in which God came. Jesus came to be an example of obedience, but he was obedient to save us from our sins. The purpose for which God and Son became our brother is veiling his divine glory in slaves' rags, human flesh, torn by Rome's cruel lash, was that he would redeem us his wayward children. So Christ humbled himself. See that word as a servant. Jesus didn't come as a king, as a ruler. He came to serve. It speaks both as his, 
his position and his form. We know that he came as a not someone of great station in life, but someone who was a carpenter's son. But also to understand that as, as Christ, he came willingly to be unto the, the Godhead's plan, obedient, even as a servant. He came. I am here for the mission. There is nothing that will deter me from it. He came with one purpose in mind for obedience. And what was that obedient call? The obedience to the point of death. You see, his self-humbling de defines the humility, humble mind that we see here in Philippians. His obedience sets the pace for us of our ongoing obedience to the will of God. If we want to know what it means to follow God and his will and his plan for our life, we just look to Jesus. Jesus lived obediently, and we must do the same. What was Jesus' cry in the garden before he faced the cross? Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Friends, that is our call and cry as Christians to take up our cross and follow him. But even further than this, that Jesus was the Lamb of God and that by his blood that we would be forgiven and restored from our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, it is Jesus' obedience to the point of death. Yes, even death on a cross. The perfect man died for the sins of the world so that sinful man might become perfect through him. It is in this that we see how we must be obedient, sacrificially obedient to the will of God. Friends, we have a hard time with this, right? We don't like to be sacrificing ourselves even in an argument. We have a hard time sacrificing our preferences at church. We have a hard time sacrificing ourselves obediently when there's something that we don't want to do. We don't sacrifice our sleep that we might spend time in the ever-present life-giving Word of God. Yet Jesus sacrificed himself to extreme humiliation and death on a cross for our salvation. John Calvin wrote, Even this was great humility, that from being Lord he became a servant. But Paul says that he went further than this because while he was not only immortal, but he was the Lord of life and death and nevertheless became obedient to his Father, even so far to endure death. This was extreme abasement, especially when we take into view the kind of death. For by dying in this manner, he was not only covered with disgrace in the, light, in the sight of God, but was also accursed 
in the sight of God. Friends, Jesus obeyed perfectly for our sin. Friends, I pray that beginning with my own heart and our hearts, that we are obedient to God like Jesus. That in humble obedience, we follow his will, his, the commands of scripture, the plan for our life. That it, Jesus gave himself for a victorious death, but was raised to life. And in this, we see obedience. And may we come obedient like him. But friend, maybe you're here today, and as you look at this amazing feat of obedience, this amazing work of Jesus, that he was willing to even die on a cross for you, my prayer is, is that you're struck to your soul, and that you're struck to your heart, to see Jesus who came willingly to die for your sin. And I pray, I don't know if that you came by invitation from a friend or just the Lord directed you here on Facebook or YouTube or somewhere else and you are thinking and hearing about this Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time the Spirit is calling you to see the obedient work of Christ on the cross. My prayer is that you were overwhelmed that Jesus died for you. And that you would see that life is in him. And that today, the good news to all those who see Jesus, that his word says, if you repent and believe, then he can be yours and salvation can be yours. Today, friend, we ask that you believe on Jesus, that he is God, that he died on the cross, that three days later he rose again and is at the right hand of the Father. And if you believe on him, you will never perish but have eternal life. We pray that you call out to him as Lord today. And today, that you would receive the greatest gift you could ever receive in Jesus. Maybe you're a Christian today and you are at noon looking at the obedience of Christ. In what way is God pushing, shaping, convicting, using the Spirit and His Word to call you to obedience today? Is there a ministry that you should be serving in and yet you're clutching in to preference or convenience is there something that you need to give your life for maybe a life of missions or a life of servant or eldership or 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 life group leading or some ways but something is getting in the way for you to step and say i need to do that maybe there's something in your your walk that the love of money has gotten in the way maybe it's your selfish ambition what is it that you need to kill off that you may be obedient like Christ today?
Do you need to obey God in any way and follow Christ in obedience? In which way can you see Jesus and say, I am thankful that he obeyed and went to death for me. Now, I must take up my cross and follow God and give my all for him. Third and finally, Jesus is exalted because he humbled himself. Jesus is exalted because he humbled himself. Verse 9 through 10, we see for this reason, this three words calls back to everything we just read. For this reason, because he came, because he emptied himself, because he did not grasp his godness, because he became the servant, because he became man, because he humbled himself through obedience, because he went to death as obedience on the cross, because of all these things, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. Because Jesus lived in faithful obedience even to the point of death he deserves all the praise and glory. And friends, one day he will by every person. It didn't say some. It didn't say churchgoers. It didn't say those who kind of think Christianity is a possibility. It, it said everyone. And everyone will bow the knee, either saying, Oh, yes, Lord my God, or oh, no, Lord my God has come and judgment has come upon me. Friends, what did God do? He highly exalted, it says. It, it, it really means in the Greek, or it can go even further, he super elevated Jesus. No one is exalted like this. He is in a class above himself. He is above the angels. He is among, above rulers. He is among, above principalities. He's above every living, breathing, created thing. He is above it all. And he re-entered the glory that he enjoyed with the Father before the world existed. And he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And for all eternity, he will receive praise. Paul tells us here that having reached the bottom of the abyss, going to the very bottom of humiliating himself, there is no much greater place to go lower than dying on the cross, friends. And because he had won our pardon, Father raised him up. The son who learned obedience to the Father by the death of the cross was exalted by the Father to the glory of heaven's throne. Jesus knew this. He prayed it in John 17. He said, I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave to me. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed so friends Jesus was exalted and is exalted Jesus was exalted when the stone was rolled away and his glory was shown that he was not dead but it was alive Jesus was exalted when doubting Thomas stuck his finger in his side and he fell to his knees and said my Lord my God 
Jesus was exalted when he and his disciples said, all authority has been given to me and now you are going to declare my glory as my disciples. God highly exalted him as he ascended to glory in the gaze of the disciples and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And now he's enthroned, as the scripture tells, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, where his reign shall have no end, where his, the increase of his government shall have no end, to the fulfillment of the promise that was made in Psalm 110, that the nations will be his footstool. And that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess with joyful acclamation or terrified horror and shame that Jesus is Lord. And we should worship him and live for him. And Jesus shows us that he was exalted through his obedience. And what we can learn is that through Jesus' humiliation, he gained exaltation through serving. You know, I believe that in our lives we are chasing exaltation and success down the wrong path. We are chasing it through trying to attain it through our skill or through other people or using other people or gaining, but in the end we're losing. You know, last week we went in our annual trip down to Louisville where we go to the mega cavern to see the light display. And we went down there, and of course, where did we eat for dinner? Thank you, someone, Chick-fil-A. And so from Chick-fil-A, we go, uh, I mean, come on guys, y'all should that should have been a no-brainer at this point, okay? So we went to Chick-fil-A, and we were driving to the mega cavern, and we were using the GPS on Google Maps, and it says, go down uh, the freeway. I can't remember what's the bypass. Anyways, you're going down there. Take this exit. So we took the exit. But when we took the exit and took the directions, you know what we found out? Well, we got on this exit, and it said, go this way. And we got off another exit, and we went back the exact same way that we came. And we followed the directions and it took us back off the very same exit which we just got off of and then turned around and came back down the very same part of the interstate that we had just been down and I was like something's not right here I mean I'm not a I'm not you know an expert I'm not Magellan here or anything but I know that something's not right <laughs> but I realized that I needed to do something different because I realized, guess what? It said, take the same exit. And I was like, we're going to keep, how long I'm going to be like, you know, the Griswolds and seeing Be Big Ben around the, you know, the roundabout. There's Big Ben again, kids. But we're, we're going down the road and we realize, okay, the voice is saying, take the exit. But what they're saying is there's a turn and you're supposed to go straight and not go on the exit. So I looked at the map and followed the map, and the map was right. <laughs> not the voice on the map. And we got there. I think that highlights something that we're all doing. That many of us are trying to get ahead, but we're following the wrong directions. 
we're listening to the voice of our fleshly desires of trying to put others down maybe we're trying to take a name for ourselves through sports or trying to make ourselves the greatest among our friend group or maybe we're trying to get ahead by leapfrogging others at work to get the next promotion maybe we exalt ourselves through our skills or our pride by putting others down but that's not the way to exaltation in God's eyes the way to exaltation with God is by making ourselves low Jesus even taught this, what he lived. In Matthew 23, 11 and 12, the greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Friends, maybe the challenge for us as we look at the sacrifice of Jesus is to humble ourselves so that we might be exalted in Christ. First, it begins by humbling ourselves and admitting that we're sinners and we need Jesus. And it continues in our Christian life as we humble ourselves to serve God and others around us. So what should we do? We need to believe this passage. The first question is, is do you believe Jesus is Lord? If he is the Lord in which every knee shall bow, then he should be Lord over your life. And I'm not just talking in, in a salvific sense, even though that's the most important step. But as you live as a Christian, are you always following Jesus' way because he's Lord? We also need to follow the attitude of Christ presented here. It's a command, not a suggestion, was it going roundabout? Adopt the same attitude that is of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the Philippians knew that they needed to be humble. And that is a word to us. There is no better model in Scripture for us than Jesus Himself. And we should tell the world about the message of this passage. Our mission this Christmas is to tell the world about the one who stepped out of heaven to come for us. That our friends that we work with, the friends that we go to school with, the friends, our family members that we know that are far from God, friends, God came near for them. And God has placed you near them so that you can bring them near God. So that you can invite them to church, to Christ, to share the gospel, to pray for them, to live in humble obedience to Christ so that they might see the one who came for them. So friends, this Christmas as we consider what child is this, let us adore him. Let our minds be on him. May our attitudes be like him. Let us proclaim what child is this, he is Christ the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words in Scripture to help us see your Son as a sacrificial offering for us. May we see him and his attitude of setting aside his godness for us so that we might live. And 
God, in this way, may you work in our hearts through the work of the Word and the Spirit to make us humble, to serve others, to make ourselves love. God, may we all be like your Son, Jesus. May, we, may you do this in us, we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? And let's respond in faith to the word that we've heard. And indeed, sing, What Child Is This?
it is vital in maintaining our presence in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Thank you for your faithful giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Gracias. So that is the Argentinian team there, our Buenos Aires team, and we saw the Richards, uh, members of our church who are now serving there. Uh, what you gave today, 100%, goes to support them. And I know something that Rhonda always mentions, she always says, I don't think our people know how much support we get through IMB, and that's only happens through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and our CP dollar gifts that we give as part of our regular offerings. They are supported in many different ways, from health care uh, to someone to talk to if they need, need it. They're always provided for, and that's why, the way we want our missionaries who give our lives for the Lord. So we're thankful for that. If you forgot or hadn't had a time to, to maybe pray or budget how might you might give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering this year, uh, you can still give to the end through the end of December. And so uh, you still have some time to bring that. I guess, again, we hope you felt welcome today, and uh, you hope that you were connected to someone. We do hope that you connect with us, again, by scanning that QR code, filling that Connect card out online, or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, they'll have them at the Next Steps desk. If it's your first time with us today, please go to the Next Steps desk, as we have a gift waiting for you. And you can connect there, learn more about how you can take your next step from here, either into a life group or into a D group with other people to learn and uh, uh, be discipled. Uh, either way, go to our Next Steps desk to be connected more and so that we might know more about you. Uh, just to let you know, our final business meeting or members meeting uh, for the year will be next Sunday following church. Uh, it is an important agenda. We have a couple of things uh, uh, to talk about, but the budget is the main item of discussion. Uh, we will not be doing all the other uh, things that we normally do in our members meeting. We'll be just at the end, and we'll be focused on those agenda items. And so, if you would like, we encourage you to please take one of the copies of the budget, which is across the hallway on the table, uh, and you can go through it, ask questions, you can call uh, the, any member of the team that's listed on there to get clarifications between now and then. Uh, and you can uh, do that. And next Sunday, please plan to stay just a few minutes after church so that we can learn more about uh, uh, the budget and other things to close out the year. Uh, I want to also, I'm going to, I was going to get Mark to do it, but I know he had a lot of other things to, we want to announce or make sure that uh, because of his great work and partnership with Connor Middle School and High School next year, Hebron Music Academy will be starting uh, where there will be tutors that will be here on campus and will work with students from the middle school and high school to increase their skill in music. And it's really exciting that we've started this partnership and using our building to do this. Um, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for us to build partnerships here in northern Kentucky. And because of this, uh, the band directors at middle school and high school and several students will be coming to be part of our orchestra on Christmas Eve morning. And so you want to make sure that you're here, bring your friends and family. We know Christmas Eve is crazy. You might be traveling, you have your traditions, but it is a Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, and we have a Christmas morning service just like we would any other Sunday morning. 
and then that Christmas Eve candlelight service at 6 o'clock. Our Christmas Eve service at uh, at the morning will just be a short, uh, less than an hour service uh, that we uh, proclaim the Lord's grace uh, and worship Him. We'll have our orchestra, as we said, and then that evening we'll have our traditional candlelight service, which we hope that you'll come be a part of. There's a couple other announcements that you can go through there in the bulletin, but now we've come to the part of our service where we give our regular tithes and offerings. This is an act of worship, uh, just as we've done our worship of the word and through song. So it, let's pray as we come to that portion, and then we will sing one last song before we leave. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to worship you and adore you through song and through the word. And we pray, God, uh, that we would... Uh, that we would honor you in obedience through giving and we pray lord that you would worship uh, that you would help us as we worship through giving that you would multiply generosity and cheerfulness in our heart but you would multiply the gift that it would multiply and affect the kingdom for you in jesus name amen Says to rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope and wildfire in our very souls. The Holy Spirit, come invade us now. are your church we need your power in us speak your kingdom first we hunger and we thirst refuse to waste our lives for your our joy and pride to see the captive's hearts released the hurt, the sick, the poor, at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church. We pray revive this earth. Your kingdom here filled the dark Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land, set your church on fire, win this nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom here, we pray. Kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us, fill us with the strength and love of Christ. We are your church, we are the home on earth. Build your kingdom.
Street. 